And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, what's going on? Part 16 of our 52-part series about how to start a tech company. Are you ready for the I sweet am, 16. I am ready to raise some capital and find some investors. And I have some uh, really exciting news for you. Oh, no. What is it? I found the money gun. Yes, that's right. I found the money gun. No, this whole time when I, when I was looking You've for the, the money, money gun, gun the whole time, I found it and my kids knew where it was the whole time. So you had the money gun the whole time and I literally drove down. I took a a one hour round trip to go to our new office specifically to look for the money gun and you had it the whole time. Well, we had two, right? So you must have a gold one or or something somewhere. I I, got the red one. Yeah. But the key is our topic today is about finding startup investors and I might be one. I do have a money gun, so I could invest if somebody has a great idea and they want to come over, I can spray them down with the money gun. So here we go. Do you know what you, do you know what you don't need a money gun for? You don't need a money gun to pay your employees when you use Gusto. And Matt, that's who's sponsoring today's episode. They're a simple online payroll and benefits platform that's built for small businesses. Gusto automatically files payroll taxes, direct deposits, your team pay. You don't need a money gun for that, dude. Plus, you can offer all kinds of benefits, 401k, health insurance, workman's comp, and more. And because you're a Startup Hustle listener, you get three free months once you run your first payroll. Go to gusto.com forward slash Startup Hustle. Once again, gusto.com forward slash Startup Hustle. Use the link in the show notes. Go check them out. So, well, hey, hang on a second. Keep, so, well, I want Gusto to keep paying us. So, well, we hold have on a minute. Ammo for the money gun. All right. Hold on a minute. I've got like 100 employees now at Netrio, and they might like getting paid with the money gun. True. But Gusto, Gusto sounds way easier than True. trying to find yeah, 100 is. people and spray money at them. I mean, maybe once a year they would like it, but definitely not every two weeks. Yeah. Gusto sounds I've easier. Seen you, I've seen you sprayed with the money gun before. There's a video <laughs> on our Instagram page about that. And if you go to our YouTube channel where you can check out Startup Hustle TV, there's a whole montage of people firing the money gun. Yes, that's a real thing. All right. So, Matt, you know, like it or not, uh, a money gun isn't the way that startup investors usually uh, send money into anyone's business. Although I think many would receive payment that way. You know, we've spent the last couple episodes and, you know, we are gravitating around this topic uh, a little, a little more than some of the other ones, because this is such a hot topic on the show. You know, on May 31st, uh, we have episode 600, and I feel like we've talked about funding startups and about 200 of those. And yeah, and it's not it's not it's not easy. So you know, we're going to specifically talk about finding investors today, and you know, like overall, like where do we start? So you know, this is something we've done. Uh, we've been involved with others. We've had 
God knows how many conversations about it. I mean, before we get into talking about finding startup investors, do you have any opening remarks, sir? It's hard. It's like, it's like a dating game. You're going to get told no a whole lot of times, but you just got to keep trying to find new dates and, uh, keep hoping one of them will, uh, will work out. You got to keep on keeping on. And that's, I mean, that's a real thing. And you know, play the field. For those of you, for those of you that have been following the series, you know, the mission statement startup hustle is to bring you the real truth about entrepreneurship. And that's why on certain subjects in certain episodes, we're just inherently, we might sound negative and we don't mean to be because we want to just prepare you for what you're going to run into because it's a brutal world out there, man, finding investors and then finding the right investors is a challenge. And, you know, so some of that we're going to, let's just jump right in because, you know, like you said, Matt, it's a, it's kind of a numbers game. You got to play the field. You have to, you have to sow your seeds and, you know, try to get the word out. And, you know, when it comes to, raising capital i mean the first off are you ready to do it do you have your shit together do you have your offering you know well is it is it presentable um is it short is it concise does it talk about what you want the problem you're trying to solve and your solution uh assuming you have that together start telling people you're raising money i think one of the very first things you can do is you look at like the power of social media. Like how many people are you connected to? Matt, how many people are you connected to on LinkedIn? I'm connected to 24,000. So that might be a good place to start. I think I have like 14,000. Right. So you look at like, if you and I were starting a business and we wanted to get funded right there, and I'm sure there's some overlap in those connections, but that's almost 40,000 people we could potentially reach out to. Now with that, I don't think you need to just do a cold pitch in the middle of a of a of, of LinkedIn's messaging feature, but at the same time, let people know, like Facebook, all of it. I'm raising investment capital for my new startup. I'd love to talk to you about it. You know, it's well, a good place to start. And and it depends on the stage you're at, right? Are you at a very early stage, kind of seed stage, and you're trying to raise money from? your family, your uncle, your cousin, your cousin's best friend, whatever, right? Friends and family kind of thing. Or are you trying to raise money from a a smaller kind of VC that does seeds or are you raising like a series A? And it all all depends on what stage you're in, right? Um, But if we're talking about starting a startup, right? The seed stage is the hardest uh, for sure. And you, you have to start with friends and family, but I'll be honest, I don't really like the idea of taking money from friends and family. It's that's hard. I don't either. I don't either. So when when a couple of years ago, when we sat down to consider putting some funds together for full scale and Matt and I own fullscale.io together, we help you build software teams quickly and affordably. Check it out. But we, you and I, we sat down, we sat down at the conference table and and made a list. You know, we, we took a good old Google sheet. And we started looking through our own contacts, looking through our phones, looking through our emails. Who who do we know? And we made a we made a you know a list. A, a, it was our VIP list. I still have the spreadsheet, the yeah. very one that we worked at, and we went through. And I think we came up with you know a hundred you know kind of a list contact contacts that we were going to focus on first, and probably an equal amount in a kind of a sub list that went with that. And we, I, I put together a simple email and you remember how simple that was? Cause I, I gave it to you in a, in a little, uh, 
uh, text document. And it just, it, it, it was, that was no, that was like 200 words. It had a couple bulleted lists. It said, this is what we do. This is how we've grown. This is what we see happening. And this is what we're looking for. And you and I used the copy of that and sent it out to a number of people and it was effective, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's a numbers game, right? I mean, for every, for that hundred, you're going to get 10 or 20 that are interested and five or 10 of those will actually sit down and talk to you. And hopefully you get one or two of them that are in, right? It's, it is all a numbers game. Yeah. And we started with about 20 on this list and, and after probably 10, maybe even 15 of them wanted to hear what we had to say, Mm -hmm. we slowed it down. You know, I remember we were like, okay, let's, let's work through this first list. These were the people that we wanted to do. And this here's the key. These are the people that we wanted to do business with the most. And we felt offered the most value, not just to check. And so, you know, we went, went, went through all that and we started taking meetings with people. Now, there, there's a huge lesson learned here, too. When you get somebody that is interested, you keep going. You don't stop because there's like a 90% chance they aren't interested eventually or they flake yep. out, right? So yep. if you find somebody that's interested and then you spend the next three months screwing around talking to them and you don't pursue anybody else, there's a huge chance you're going to get 90 days down the road. That person's going to fall apart. Start over. And you're starting all over. So you've got to date everybody at the same time. You got to chase everybody. And until you get a check in hand, nothing matters. You just keep going. Do not put all of your eggs in one basket. I want you to envision the beginning of a marathon. Have you ever seen that when they start one and there's like this massive cluster of people that begin running and they run and they run and they run. And by the time, 26 miles later, there's usually one person or a couple that have separated themselves. And, you know, there's, you know, when you're in that earliest stage, you want a whole bunch of people in there. And I think, Matt, I think that's really great advice because, because don't, zeroing, I think you and I have both made this mistake before. Zeroing in on one person is a terrible idea. Terrible. Because worst case scenario, you want three at the finish line and you want them arguing about who's going to give you better deal. Who's going to give you a better deal. Or maybe you take more money than you originally thought. Yep. That's how rounds get oversubscribed people. Right. There's a lot of ponies running in the race. So yeah, man, I am glad. And thanks for bringing that up now, you know, so that, you know, first off, who do you, who can you reach out to now? As Matt mentioned, when someone shows interest, you got to keep on it. All right, look, this is a sales process, people. If just if I okay, Matt, here's the email, and you're interested. I think you you know you're like, oh, cool. I'd like to talk about it. Don't wait for that person to take the initiative to come track you down because that is going to flip your success ratio in in a really terrible way. Like it's not going to be good. You just assume that whomever you're reaching out to or whoever shows interest has got, oh, 900,000 other things to do that are competing with listening to whatever it is that you want to say. You need to be aggressive. You need to be persistent and you need to like be tenacious. Like, you know, just keep asking, keep asking and make it easy. Hey, Matt, that's the key. It's got to be easy. I'm, I'm glad you're interested. Can, Can I come, can I come to you whenever you're available? 
and talk to you about this, not like, hey, so, okay, thank you for being interested. If you want to talk to me about it, I'm available three weeks from today during a two-hour block on this particular Tuesday. And Hell no, man. And you also have to remember, let's say you're trying to raise $50,000 or whatever from somebody as, as part of a bigger round for your seed stage or whatever. You're chasing some person around for 50 grand. To them, that 50 grand is like $5, okay? To you, that 50 grand is a really big deal. To them, it's like five bucks. So you're the guy like chasing them around for five bucks because they wouldn't be investing this money with you if that 50 grand was really 50 grand to them. They have so much money I'm that it's a, more I, like $5 to them. I want to counter that though, because sometimes that 50 grand is like 5 million to them. Because that, depending on who you're chasing, Once that, could be a, that could be a substantial amount of money that it, you know look parting with with money especially for risky early early stage investments is going to be stressful for some people so give a give a now for us we were we were specifically uh contacting and and had and knew some high net worth individuals so in that in that case 50 or 100 grand would have been a small amount but we were we were seeking a lot more but sure. yeah, so, you know, so, all right. So now you get some people on the hook. Like I said, make it easy for, for people to help you. If you make it easy for people to help you, you'll get more help. Uh, I, I mean, I'll say things like, uh, you know, I, when are you available? I'll come to you. Yeah. Absolutely. And that makes it, that makes it so much easier for someone to say yes and to do it quickly. And like, why wouldn't you, you want something from that person, make it easy. Like I said, what you want to avoid is the you know that inflexible bullshit where you're like I got a good example. From now, I'm available for an hour. I have a good Go example ahead. of this. Somebody wanted to meet with me about some feedback for their startup, and he kept asking me to meet him for dinner. I got kids and a wife, you know. Yep. Making yep. time for dinner, that's not real great for me. But but if he yep. could have said like, hey, can we jump on a Zoom meeting? I just need ten minutes of your time. It would have been way easier. We probably would have already scheduled it and already had the call. Now, two years ago, that wouldn't have gone over as well as it will now. And now that's what everyone wants to do. Yeah. No one wants to leave. No one wants to. Qu quarantine ended, but people are still in quarantine mode. And it's just efficient in many ways. So why not? And that can make that barrier to entry for those discussions that much less. Now, look, it, one thing, and I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, like, you don't be giving your entire pitch on LinkedIn or through messenger. Like you want to talk to people. I think that people do business with people, especially in this regard. Now, Matt, you just recently sold a whole company and never even met the people face to face. Like that kind of nope. proves that you can do it all virtually at this point. And it should, it should uh, improve speed, accuracy, and honestly, like, your ability to reach more people. Cause like you said, trying to get th that's why everyone wanted to live out in Silicon Valley. Cause you could go to a coffee shop yes. and like get, you could send an email to someone and say, Hey, I'm raising capital. And they're like, can you meet me at Starbucks here? And I, I'm here right now. You know, that made it easier and that made it dense, but that's not the case anymore. Cause people are a lot more spread out. All right. So here's another thing when it comes to, so, so we start with like your own network. Uh, the social networks, just reach out to people. It's really easy to communicate with people and just ask, um, you know, another thing, like I'm a big fan of like, send me a booking link, you know, give me options of when you're available. Don't make me ask four times, like use gigabook, use Calendly, use something, man, yes, like anything. send a calendar, send a calendar invite, do something because when you do that, 
there's something about that commitment to time that makes the probability of the meeting occurring that much greater. It's just like it, you lock it in on someone's calendar. That's the way people do business in the modern world. All right, next. How about angel investor organizations? And we have one here that, to help you. And by the way, Matt and I have, and Start Apostle Full Scale, no, nobody associated with this podcast has, has any vested interest in this network other than letting you know that there's 14,000 angel investors in it. It's angelcapitalassociation.org. That's 14,000 leads in there. Yep. How many do you need to raise your money? One, well, and there, there are angel, there are multiple angel groups um, all over the country, wherever you live in your city, there are angel groups. And some of them are more well-known, like in Kansas City, we have the Mid-America Angels. But there's like four or five other groups in town that are little angel groups. And some of them are, are bunch of drinking buddies that get together and review yep. review uh investment ideas maybe at the golf course maybe in the country club wherever and they do it once a month and it's a good old boys network you have to you have to break into and it's all about networking you got to reach out to these these angel groups and you've got to ask them like hey you're interested you're not interested that's fine do you know anybody else do you know anybody who knows my industry anybody who has expertise in what we're trying to do and you got to keep just going person to person to person and infiltrate these little groups. And if you can find the right little group, and it could be one of these groups of good old boys that play poker together at the country club, you, you got to get one of them in the, in the group to, to like the idea and they'll pitch it to everybody else. Right. And ultimately that's the way these angel groups work. Well, that's what we found for the people that we contacted. They brought friends to the meeting. Literally, sometimes multiple. We had one yep. guy brought brought three other people. So we were giving a pitch to four four people. Yep. All at the same time. And three of them were people I'd never met yep. or didn't know. And yep. and that happened a couple times. So, you know, in those relationships, actually that was just really good for business in general. Cause some of those people ended up giving us referrals later that turned into lucrative accounts. Yes. And yep. So why not? And but that's the whole thing. And, and now, by, now, by the way, I will say that that wasn't because we were asking either. Like we just got a hold of the right people and they said, look, you know, I, I buddy up on investments with some of these other guys and I'd like to, I like their input. And next thing you know, we got four hitters. Yes. You know, it's like, wow, the okay, that's pretty cool. And that is definitely how that went. All right. So now, look, when it comes to angels and when it comes to that, that quote, kind of friends and family, and we'll bundle just people we know into the angel group, I think you're probably going to have to give more pitches. But I think that the, the, the amount of time that it takes to actually put a check in the bank is going to be a lot lower than if you do what, than if you move to the next category I want to talk about, which is just general VC stuff. Now, before we get into that, quick reminder that taking care of employees has never been more important. And for years, Gusto has been helping more than 100,000 small business owners run payroll, offer benefits, onboard new employees, and more. That's why they call it the people platform. It doesn't just look nice, it actually works. Payroll taxes are filed, deductions are calculated, and your team gets paid. You can even offer health insurance and 401ks. Get three months free after your first payroll when you go to gusto.com forward slash startup hustle. Once again, gusto.com forward slash startup hustle. Don't forget the forward slash startup hustle. There's a link in the show notes. So VCs, Matt, this is more complex. And this is also if you're, rate, if you're looking for startup investors and your business already has traction. We talked so much about traction in the last episode and why if you have it, 
your interest, your interest to VCs. Now there's a, in between five and 6,000 VCs and funds out there now, like the idea that they don't exist or you can't find them is wrong. They are everywhere. There is, I mean, everywhere, dude. And people are pouring a ton of money into businesses like yours. But in order to do that, you're going to have to start a relationship. You're going to have to give a presentation and you're going to have to go through a process that is usually defined by them and not by you. Well, and so let's let's start off by um, clarifying a few things and explaining a few things a little more here. So VCs, you've got multiple kinds of VCs, okay? You've got, and then you have private equity, which are sort of similar, but they're different. Private equity usually wants to acquire an entire business. So it could be like KKR or one of those big private equity firms that come in and acquire something, right? They acquire the whole thing and they roll up some things and take it public or whatever. That's not who you're going to be dealing with at an early stage. You don't want private. It's not going to be private equity. It's going to be a VC. But even on the VC side, you've got people that dabble in small checks. They're like, oh, we write checks for 500 grand. That's what we do. And then you got people that write a check for a million dollars or $2 million. And then you got people that don't write checks for less than 20 million or 50 million, right? So the last thing you want to do is call up the people that write $20 million checks and tell them about your little startup idea that needs to raise 500 grand. You do not want to do that. So you've got, you've got to look at all the pool of VCs around town and, you know, in your region and stuff and figure out what type of deals they do. Are they $500,000 checks, million dollar checks? What is their check size? What stage do they invest in? Are they early seed? Are they series A or post series A? And, and make sure you're talking to the right kinds of people. And so to help define this even more, seed stage is going to usually be your first investment you take in, right? Series A usually is when you've got a product, you've got a few employees, you're looking to really scale the business up. You're, you're kind of probably a little past the proof of concept stage, okay? You're, you're ready to grow and, and scale. And then you have other, other rounds later, right? So the key is you got to find VCs that are at the right stage and check size for what you're looking for. And that's just going to save you a lot of no's. It's going to save you a lot of hassle. Now, look, people are sometimes like, well, I don't know where to find them. Dude, while you were doing, while you were talking just now, I Googled, I just literally, Google's your best friend, people. Like, I think I've learned everything that I know in this modern era from Google. I just typed in venture capital list, not venture capitalist, venture capital list. And yep. Uh, near the top at golden.com. Never even been to the website before. It says list of venture capital firms. It's got 10,500 line items. I click it and it's right here. I mean, it's right here. There's there's just page upon page upon page. Like, yep. there you go. And, Get started. And the key thing is all of these things are interconnected. So like the angel capital group stuff we talked about earlier, right? Same thing, like you could reach out to me and be like, Matt, I'm interested, would you invest? And I'd be like, no, but you know what? You should probably talk to Mid-America Angels. You might be a perfect candidate for them. Or I might tell you like, hey, you know what? I have a friend that works over at, at Five Elms Capital. You should talk to them, right? And so when you talk to people, they may be a yes or a no, but if they're a no, dig and ask for referrals. Say, who, who should I talk to? Who invests in my type of deal? Who in, in my region, in my city, do you recommend I should talk to? And they'll tell you. They'll usually tell you. Yep. You just got to keep digging and keep chasing that carrot to the next to the next thing. 
So, so with that, uh, you got, like I said earlier, you got to treat this like a sales process. So when we were doing it, we just opened a free Trello account and yeah, had absolutely. little cards and we just like, yeah, you know, like possible contacted, not interested, you know, and just literally, we didn't even have to spend any money on that and just moved them over, you know, yep. and, and down the line and they were in or they were out. And now I, I kind of specialize in uh, asking for the sale. So you know, I, I, another thing that I think is important is we, you and I sat down in creating our strategy, whether we were talking to VCs or angels or just people that we knew. And, you know, as co-founders, we we're like, who's best to approach this person? Who's best to approach this person? Once we get it to here, who's going to take over? Who's going to give the presentation? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's, so you got to kind of, like I said, you got to treat it you know, this can be a full-time job, but be, stay organized because uh, you might find you're into hundreds and hundreds of contacts and emails out and a whole lot of stuff. I mean, you don't even have to spend any money. Like I said, we did it with a free Trello board and a Google sheet and, and, and did it effectively. So, to, to you know, your, to, to your point earlier, this is all a sales job and you've got to be good at sales. And the, the hardest thing is for somebody usually like me, who is a technical founder, I don't know how to talk to customers. I don't know how to talk to girls very well either, but I know how to write code, right? And the problem is it's hard for that kind of personality to be the person who's fundraising. It's really difficult. If, if one of your co-founders is more of a salesperson, more of a people person, you got to get them on it. And it is absolutely, as everything's we've said in this episode, you got to make it easy. You got to follow up. You got to keep chasing them and you just got to keep, keep after it. And there's one other really important thing here. The first thing you got to do is you got to focus on getting the first investor because all the little fish will follow the big fish. And the quicker you can get one lead investor or somebody that somebody knows, like, oh, I got Toby Rush or I got Matt Watson or I got whoever it is. And then other people in town know that person. It's going to be a lot easier to, to collect smaller checks from a bunch of other people once you've got a couple bigger names in. That's the way all this works. It's all a vote of confidence. If some people, if the right people give you a vote of confidence, other people will just line up and follow blindly. That's the way it works. I just hand people a pen and tell them I know you. I tell them don't come to the meeting without your checkbook. And then they walk in. I hand them a pen. I say, hey, you know Watson's in on this one. He, everything he touches turns to gold, and they just start writing checks. It's amazing because. The pen, I hand them the pen and it's a black ink pen, but by the time it makes it onto the check, it's written in gold. So I don't nice. know how you do that. It's pre pretty impressive now. It's pretty impressive. But yeah, but that's right. And by the way, that, that first investor or that lead investor oftentimes calls friends. Absolutely. Like, yeah, we did it when we raised some, some money for full scale. Like, uh, it, you know, and uh, it was, and I won't, I won't name names, you get but some that FOMO. person- that person told two other people that actually work for him and they wrote checks too. Yeah. what And that's what you want. You want to create some FOMO, right? You want some fear of missing yep. out. And yep. it, it becomes, everybody's telling everybody, oh, did you hear about this deal? I'm getting in on this deal. Oh, he's getting on this deal. Well, I want to get on this deal, right? Like that's the way it works. And the more people that get in on it for the, from an investor standpoint, the, the risk lowers because no, you know, they don't, that first person doesn't feel exposed. You know, in sports, they often say that the first points are the hardest to score. So that's, yeah. I think that that translates pretty well over to now, now you oftentimes see like, well, baseball's a good example. Like, 
you know, they'll go five innings and they won't score. And then, then someone finally gets on the board and there's like five runs. And then the next team, you know, the bottom of the inning, another three runs. You're like, wow, this is like a completely different game. All right. And then the, so, and then the Royals but, lose 10 games in a row. It's 11 now and they have a double header today. So they have a chance to lose twice. I have Royals depression, which I've learned is actually very similar to founders depression. <laughs> I don't know how you go from I don't know how you go from 16 and 9. You're good enough to go 16 and 9 and then you're 16 and 20. Now speaking of failure, that's the way it's going to work it's with raising capital too. Yeah, 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 you're going to have some over 11 streaks. Absolutely. And on top of that, you know, like when you get on the call with a lot of these folks, I I like to talk to people, you know, like sit down and get to know them. You're you're building a relationship and um, you know, and sometimes that takes time. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll sit down and I try to very quickly give a basic overview of what we do, who I am, maybe who the other players involved are. And then I ask some questions about the investor. I show interest in what they're doing, you know, like, give me, a, I know we've met here, here and here, but give me a little more about your background. You know, what, what kind of stuff have you invested in, in the past? And that. Uh, that info is invaluable because you'll learn a lot about the investor, a their background and what kind of uh, value they might be able to offer past an investment check. But sometimes you sit down and you, it'll surprise you. It'll be like, uh, I, well, I've invested in 16 different companies. Oh, like what kind of investment? They were all $50,000. Okay. You have a pretty good, at that point, you would know that you're probably not getting a check for more than 50. But that person writes a lot of checks. Yeah. And then sometimes, and but you're one of those guys, by the way. Like you're you're a you like to when you've invested in stuff, you like to pepper a whole bunch of small yeah. money out and maybe follow it up with a little more later. And that's that's the way it is. Some people invest like that, and then you have other people that don't want to write a check for less than 10 times that, but they're only gonna write two a year or yeah. one, or maybe none. And you know, that gives you a good idea of what they're what they're doing now. I'd like to continue to have, okay, well, how did those investments work out? And right. if you got someone that's like, well, they all went belly up. You get, you're going to have a little bit of an obstacle to climb over at that point, you know, they, like they how only they pick go? losers and they want to pick you. <laughs> you're like, Oh, wow. I don't know. You might need to be eight. Uh, but, but, but the point is, is by sharing that, by sharing how that went, you get a good idea, in my opinion, of, of what that per like how that experience has been for the investor and what they, what they didn't like and what they did. And, you know, like we even talked to one person and, you know, potential like to take the whole entire round. And we sat down, we're like, God, can, are we going to be able to fucking work with this guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were like, I don't know if we could like, and, and, you know, it, it was like, I don't know. It was just, it was, it was questionable. So we're like, I don't know. And, but that's, that's through a getting to know you process. Cause remember, once you take that money in, depending on the terms, like you might be giving up a board seat, you might be doing a whole lot of stuff that you might not feel comfortable with. And that's when you get into like, you know, what kind of input, are you willing to take? Do you want? Do you need? And, you know, how sold are you on staying true to your original vision for your startup? Well, and, and you know, when you're also talking to these investors, it's potentially what could, how could they help you, right? Do they have certain expertise or industry knowledge or connections or whatever? And that can all be super valuable, way more valuable than the money. But the, 
when you're pitching new investors, I, I think the thing that you want to focus on is risk and reward, right? At the end of the day, you're trying to get the investors to understand the, the risk associated with this deal, right? Should they believe in you? Should they believe in the opportunity? What are the odds that this is going to work? Is it a really crazy ass idea? And, and there could be a risk and reward there balance, right? It could be like, this is a crazy ass idea, but if it works, it's like a billion dollar idea where if it's a crazy ass idea and like, they might make a million dollars later. It's like, why would anybody do this? Like the risk and reward don't make any sense at all. Um, like I had a guy once pitch me, it was some kind of crap about, he wanted to create some kind of new kind of cell phone and wanted to make some new processor and chip and all this for a cell phone. I'm like, dude, this sounds like a really difficult thing to create a new type of cell phone. Like I'm out. Like I just, the risk of this just doesn't make any sense. Right. And at, at the end of the day, that's what all this comes down to the investors. You're trying to get them comfortable with the risk and help them understand the risk and the potential return and reward. And you, you got to frame it that way. Well, and I think that that's important too, when you're, when you're given the pitch. So, you know, one of the better investments I've made over the last few years is I bought a, I bought a part of a company that delivers fitness equipment. That, mm-hmm. Dude, that's so far from tech. Like, it was. I mean, that's fairly, literally a fairly delivery low company. It was fairly, yeah, low, fairly yeah. low reward too, right? Like, you're not going to be a billionaire. Um, yes. It. Well, but no. Make some yeah, money. I, I, we are, there wasn't an exit strategy with that business, no. right? But but it was it it. It, it played well into the things that I could provide. Like, I owned an office building and had a large warehouse in the back. Done. Right. You know, just needed. And I I had a founder that just needed some general advice around business and someone to lean on, you know, maybe a little extra credit to, you know, I helped them buy a box truck, uh, put some money in the account and help them be smart. And that business has been killing it, you know, killing it. And, uh, you know, so like, and so while I profiled as someone that might invest in tech, I, 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 that made a lot of sense to me and it and I didn't have to put a whole lot of money into it. So it made it pretty, it pretty simple. Now, another thing that I think that, that, that you should look at. So here in the state, in the great state of Kansas in the sunflower state, we have a thing called angel tax credits. And this is a pool of tax credits, not, not deductions, but actual credits that uh, companies that get approved for this program, when, uh, when approved angels make an investment in that company, the state will give you 50% of, of your investment amount up to like 50, hundred K sometimes higher uh, talk in, about a, in a tax risk. credit. Talk about minimizing yeah. risk for the investor. This is how you do it. And I did three or four investments over the last 10 years. I would have never done without these credits because it took away a lot of my risk. Yep. You get half the, the investor gets half the money back. And that's these, this is money that is, part of a state economic development budget to get early stage businesses started and to create jobs. And that's why they give those credits. And in that particular case, like those credits are transferable. You can use them over a five-year period. They're really flexible. Now it's not going to necessarily translate to a $5 million round, but that's not what they're built for. So, you know, and that's, that's a good thing. Um, You know, but with that, you can get some input about other companies that are on the list and some guidance about maybe where you should aim with it. So, okay. So I, I have another investment, uh, you know, a, a way to steer you towards investors. It, it, platforms like our crowd, 
and mm-hmm. our crowd's been kind enough to to sponsor uh, quite a few episodes of the podcast and Start a Puzzle TV. And check that out. Go to YouTube and just type in Start a Puzzle. You can find lots of good advice from from more than just Matt and Matt. But uh, these crowd and angel funding platforms are popping up everywhere, and they it's kind of like Kickstarter for startups. Mm-hmm. Now, things like crowdfunding and and Kickstarter don't really work that well for tech for tech businesses. They work well if you are like mixtape the game and you want to and you have a tangible product that is like 20 bucks or 50 yeah. bucks or a couple hundred dollars and people want to want to take a chance on it. Not so great with selling equity or raising money for startups, but the platforms like our crowd are. And now they're going to vet you. Uh, you're probably not a good fit for any of those if you're like a pre-revenue true seed stage kind of company, you need to have, have something. Uh, we just saw healthy hip hop and Roy Scott. They're, they're on a platform called Republic and they've been, they've been raising money through that. And, you know, there's a whole lot of different things that are out there and go look for them. Uh, those can be a great way. What one they, they, it's promo. I mean, those platforms are still promoting what you do. Like it's, it's, it's a form of marketing and advertisement. And if you're going to do any of these things, you need to be prepared to do some marketing and advertisement, not just build it and hope they come. So what do you think about those? Cause you know, Matt, 10 years ago, those weren't options for us. I think those marketplaces are great. Um, I have a feeling it's hard for a lot of startups to stand out on them is going to be the challenge, right? I mean, it's kind of like a dating website. There's, there's going to be a, a big pool of, of people on both sides and how do you stand out from the crowd? And, but that's the thing you always have to remember when you're trying to find investors, right? Is to the, the investors looking for the best opportunity they can find with the least amount of risk and the, and the most amount of reward or upside. Right. And when you get out into those platforms, you may not be the, the best, uh, the best opportunity. There may be way better opportunities out there. Now, when you're in your little circle and in in your city, you might be the best looking opportunity out there. But now, all of a sudden, you're stepping onto the global stage and you're competing to be the best opportunity and competing for dollars. Um, so, and and sometimes what you do might not be easily explained through platforms yeah. like that. All right. True. So last week, last week we played our new game called "Things VCs Have Said to Me." Um, we're gonna we're gonna hack out the the VCs, and and this week we're gonna play a quick round of things things possible investors have said to me. Uh, I'll go first. I don't understand what the hell your business does. <laughs> um, I just wrote a couple checks to other startups, and I don't have any money anymore. Um, when raising when raising money for Gigabooks, someone said to me, "Oh, so this is exactly like Airbnb." No, I just got a divorce. I can't do any more investments. And then, and then the one blanket answer that covers eighty percent of all entries in this game. Uh, no. All right, and that wraps I, up another. On, do you have on, another we're... entry? Oh, you yeah. got oh, you got more. All right, all right. What do you uh, got? I only invest. I only invest in real estate deals, and I'm not into this weird, risky startup stuff. Oh, and about five more answers, a, just like that one. Did you send a link to the acquisition episode on Startup Hustle TV to all those people that said that as you exited yet another tech company last month? 
I only invest in oil fields and pipelines, and I don't understand this Facebook stuff. The the future of my investment is in retail space. There you go. How's that working out for you? <laughs> and that concludes another episode of Things VCs or investors have said to me. It's a rapidly growing game here. We might have to do like a group episode where we just have, get like 10 people on here and just kind of like, you know, play hot potato. All right, Matt. So, you know, here we are at the end of episode 16, talking about how to find investors. You know, go back and remember uh, angelcapitalassociation.org is who we talked about. And people just Google, Google, like I found that list of the 10,000 long at golden.com. Never been to the site before. I just Googled venture capital list. And now, Crunchbase is a good one too. Crunchbase, they're everywhere, man. Like yep. there's like a million pages of results there. So, you know, before we get into the founders freestyle and give you some of the best advice we can for finding investors and our takeaways from today's show, I want to remind you that today's episode of Startup Hustle was brought to you by Gusto. If you run a startup, give Gusto a try. Deposit paychecks, file payroll taxes, get insurance, onboarding, expert HR, and more. And you get three free months when you go to gusto.com forward slash startup hustle. Once again, gusto.com forward slash startup hustle. There's a link in the show notes. Don't forget to click that so they keep funding us and we can keep doing this show because we're going to go raise money for Startup Hustle. We'll see how that goes. People are like, do you have any traction? Well, we've published 600 episodes, but do you have any traction? Oh, maybe. So Matt, what's, what, what are your takeaways today? And what's, what's your best advice out of everything we talked about today? Raising capital is a full-time job and it's a sales job and it's all about networking. You got to be expected to be told no a whole lot of times, but every time you get told no, you need to get like two more contacts from that person of like, okay, sure. You're not going to invest, but you know, people who would, and you just got to keep lining them up and keep calling them. And next thing you know, you will have uh, invaded the rich old white guy club in your town. Um, Cause let's be honest, <laughs> that's probably what it is. And um and you, you've got to uh, track them all down and uh, wherever the money is. I'm kidding, of course. But um, you got to find that club and start networking through the club. I mean, unfortunately, you're right about that because that I mean, that's what we ran into, you know, and we were we were prepared for that. All right. Look, I don't want to run into any of you listening at a future event or somewhere someday and have you tell me that you listened to this episode and you were unable to find investors and i say really how many did you reach out to and you're like 10 those are rookie numbers people you got to get those numbers up that's it get the numbers up uh look get your shit together get your numbers together get your pitch together get a one pager together keep it simple make it easy for people to talk easy. to you just make it easy offer to go to them Offer to be available at whatever time you mentioned earlier, like not wanting, you're like, Hey, I can't do a dinner thing, you know, or I have kids. I will, I I'm able and I'm ready, able and willing to speak with you any time of the day, anywhere, anyhow, what works best for you. You got to ask, got to fricking ask. So just like selling, you got to ask for the sale and just be tenacious. Don't let it get you down pump the numbers up, talk to a bunch of people. Like I was talking to someone recently that was trying to get a loan for a kind of a, a, a specific type of 
uh, of uh, purchase that wasn't standard and literally went and talked to 90 banks. The 90th bank gave him the loan. A lot of people quit before that. So, I mean, how bad do you want it? I think that's really what it comes down to. Matt, I'll see you next week for episode 17. Keep after it. Should I bring the money gun? Do it because you're going to fund me. All right, good. Bye. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.